the Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. I'm so sad. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> it, it took me a minute. It actually took me a minute to realise what just happened. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. Kathleen coming to you for the final time from Brisbane and Australia as Ireland have just completed their World Cup journey with a nil or draw against Nigeria. To reflect a little bit on this game and uh, the players and the feeling around the place this evening is the one and only Irish legend Emma Byrne. Emma, how are we doing? How are we feeling? Very good, very positive. Um, uh, yeah, I suppose it is a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest, because I'm super proud of the girls, obviously. And I think they've really, you know, made us proud and we can be extremely proud of them. I think they've competed and, you know, for a first World Cup, I think they've done excellently. Um, but then you think of how close they were and what if, what if this, which is a great sign. We always want mm-hmm. more. We always want better. And um, I'm glad we're actually wondering what if something had gone different, would we be celebrating qualification? But um, at the end of the day, if you'd asked us this a month ago, three weeks, two weeks ago, um, we would have been happy enough, I think. We would have been happy enough for it. Yeah, I was talking to someone earlier and they kind of put it to me like, a bit like you were saying, if we knew that we probably would lose two games quite tightly and then draw one of them, we would be happy enough. But then they kind of pointed out, would we be a little bit happier if maybe there'd been a few more moments in of the game? So like, you know, we had it, we had a couple of them to be fair from Courtney. She certainly performed quite well and like gave us a couple of saves that kept us in it at different times. We obviously had it with the Katie goal as well, where we had the moments to just kind of absolutely explode. Do you think we would look back on the tournament a little bit differently if there'd been a few more options to do that? Um, well, yeah, I, I think so. I think if we had, even if there were big score lines and we were scoring absolute crackers, but we weren't expecting that, were we? I mean, I certainly wasn't, you know, watching Ireland for how many years. We've never really seen that. So um, I think that would have been a little bit too much to hope for. Um, and to be quite honest, I think, you know, I'll say it again, first World Cup, it's the first time a lot of these girls had played at this level over a small period of time. And I think I think they've just done brilliantly. I really do. Hmm. So looking at the game tonight then, because we have plenty of time to reflect on the general outlook of the tournament, what did you make, first of all, of the squad that Vera put out? I think like a lot of people surprised to see Liliag and Rusha playing in the same team. It's not, not something we normally see. Denise obviously playing up a little bit higher, was chatting to her after the game and uh, it's safe to say she actually found it really hard to hide the fact she was so delighted that she was back in a position <laughs> that she like enjoys and thrives in. Um, I yeah, I think if she had her choices, she possibly would have played there a little bit more throughout the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I really like Lily. She definitely balances out the midfield in terms of physicality and getting in their faces. 
Um, obviously, we love to see Denise a little bit higher up. And I think Rusha had a really good game, like in, sitting in a really good tournament, game. even like I think you could stretch it to. Yeah, but, you know, Rusha's qualities are she's a footballer. She's she's a techers. She gets on the ball. She looks like a footballer. She's a clever, intelligent player. But we never, ever see that side because she's always defending basically <laughs> um, and even though she's holding she's a little bit deeper we were on the ball a lot like we enjoyed the ball much more mm-hmm. than what I've seen in, in, in against any top 15 teams in the world and I think um, Rusha just showed her quality like she's she's a different type of player than than what we normally have. Like she loves to get on the ball. She's very, very good at spraying it. She's really good at passing the ball. So I was really happy for her to see that side of her game. And I think we can always appreciate that kind of player, can't we? And um, mm-hmm. they're, they're quite hard to find. So I thought that was really good. I really enjoyed watching her play. And I just think in general, the combination play between KE, between Rusha, between Denise and I think Lily allows that to happen because she does cover them um, and she is quite grounded and she does break up play a little bit so yeah it was really good it was really nice to go out on a high like that if we'd have won it would have been like just you know out of this world but the fact that we played well we played some attacking football and we showed a bit of flair like I thought it was brilliant I thought they were really brave and I thought it was you know it, it worked out really well for us in the end yeah, no, it definitely did. It felt like, I think, like the possession stats in that first half. And even if you looked at the passing stats, you know, it reflected so much in how much of the ball we did have compared to how much of the ball that Nigeria had and that we had nearly, I think, double, maybe triple theirs in the first like 15, 20 minutes in terms of completed passes. Um, do you think Vera was switching up her squad today as a reflection of the opponents or as a reflection of what she saw over the course of the tournament? Um, I mean, she didn't switch it up that much, really, did she? She she put Lily in there, who I was surprised didn't start because she was excellent in the qualifiers. You know, as soon as she got her, her place in there, it seemed like it was quite cemented. Um, I think there was nothing to lose, obviously, today. And... I just think having, as I said, having Lily in there, I think she allowed a free role. I think she allowed the girls to play, basically do whatever you want, push higher KE, uh, take chances, play with freedom. And it really looked like that. It looked like the girls nearly said to themselves, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play with freedom. We're going to go wherever we want. Girls, you sort out the back, pull one of us back if you need. But um in general, just let us be free. And and they were, they were playing with flair. They were playing like they enjoyed it. And it, it just looked like a different team, to be honest. Um, you know, so much so, nearly too much flair. It's like, why are you taking that extra touch? Do the easy thing, do the simple thing. And, you know, the combination of being that safe, steady defensive side and then allowing them to have that flair. Um, if we could just get the balance, it, you know, it's obvious we're going to we're going to be a good team with those little things tweaked. Um, yeah, and it's just all about taking everything from this World Cup, all these lessons, and putting them into practice, basically. Mm-hmm. Which is no mean feat, and I don't know. Well, with the way Vera was speaking tonight and over the last couple of days, it'll be interesting to see who is implementing those lessons when it comes to the Nations League or even when it comes to the Euros campaign. 
Um, so in terms of how Ireland played tonight, you know, yeah, that there was that definitely that little bit of flair and a little bit of freedom, maybe that we haven't seen from them so far. But we didn't look madly any closer to scoring a goal, I don't think, unless you viewed that slightly differently. No, we didn't. Um, but the fact that we were dominating in the middle towards the, the final third was a massive step for me. And you can't expect everything to come at once because it was so frustrating that we we were at one stage defence kicking the ball along to nobody and chasing it down. I mean, that's a big step up today. And I think step by step, we were good defensively, we're solid. Now, when we win the ball back, can we transition to to forward play? Can we move through the from the defensive um, third to the middle third? That's the first step. We've done we've done that really well today. I'm really confident with the midfield play from today. Um, and then the next step is talking about your getting creating those chances, getting on the end of them. You know, and I guarantee you there isn't much work done on that because as a manager, as a coach, you always work on your defensive side first, always. And we had to tweak that a little bit. We had to make sure we were hard to beat. That's the first thing you work on. So the last thing you work on, or one of the last things is that you work on your attack and play. And then you talk about your whatever you're going to do, whether it's counterattack, whatever it is. Um, and that, you know, that's something that, again, it's positive because with Denise, when Denise was getting up there, like she was getting into lovely little areas. Then we're talking about decision making. We're talking about when to release the ball. Then we're talking about when to make those runs because you know your your wingers, you know when they're going to release the ball. All of these things have to come and they'll come with a little bit more work. Um, but it's really positive. That's the easy part because everybody wants to do attack and play. So you don't have to motivate anybody. You don't have to encourage people to to get the best out of them. That's the fun part of training. That's mm. your goalkeeper. <laughs> well, I was going to say that was going to be my next follow-up question was what about the goalkeepers in that situation? And um, I don't know if you saw this, like, I don't know if it showed up on the TV, but it was around like 70-ish minutes and Katie was kind of shouting at Vera, asking her to bring on some fresh legs. And Vera responded to it in her press conference and she was basically like, Katie can ask, but she's not the coach. You know, I don't mind players saying these things to me, but it's my decision. And the, the whatchamacallit, the substitutes have been the thing that we kind of talked a little bit about in the Canada game and like who Vera brought on and when she did. Do you think she got a, any closer to being right tonight? Um, well, I was just saying to Vicky when we were watching the game, I was like, it's funny because like I'm not, I don't want to be beaten down on Vera. Like Vera got us to the World Cup. She's done a great job. Like, thank you very much, Vera. But I do think it's actually the opposite from Canada. I thought we brought on the subs too early against Canada and I thought we brought them on too late. I literally just said it to her. I was like, it's so funny. And that was so funny. I was like, hey, we're, bringing our, we're bringing our subs on uh, for six minutes. Um, when I think it would have been much better to bring them on for 15 minutes or whatever. Um, I didn't know that's what Katie was saying. I just, I knew she was signaling something to the, to the side. Um, but I just thought it was Katie just getting a little bit aggy. Um, 
Yeah, no, there was oh, someone yeah. sitting behind the subs bench who uh, relayed the message to us and then uh, Vera was asked about it in a press conference and she confirmed that's what Katie said while she was looking for fresh legs. Yeah, I mean, I had said, I was like, I think we needed someone on a bit earlier than this. Like, you know, it, we were doing so well. It was just tired legs, basically, especially when you've got players that can actually come on and inject the energy can change the game a little bit like Abby and like Shiva. Um, it's not like before, like when we bring players on and you're like, oh, that's it. We're done. Mm-hmm. You know, we're too tired. We can't keep up. And now we have to bring subs on like no disrespect to anybody I've ever played with. I'm not saying it's you. I'm <laughs> just um, blowing up after <laughs> this goes out. <laughs> but yeah, we, we have a bigger pool now and that's only going to get bigger. You know, people are, they want to play for us. Obviously, you know, we don't want every body coming out of the woodwork. We're very happy with our team. <laughs> um, but it's going to get even better than that. We're going to keep improving. And yeah, I thought maybe a little bit earlier and I thought maybe a bit later for the Canada. But, you know, who wants to be a manager sitting on the sofa when you they're getting all this um, aggro from everyone? And it's easy to make decisions like that when you're watching. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Uh, although I would say that what you're saying there seems to be the feeling of a large majority of people. It's definitely what I felt whenever, you know, you're kind of constantly looking down at the bench just to see was anyone taking off their training top or going for an extra run or something. And it was so long before it actually looked like those substitutes were going to come on that it felt like unless there was some moment of magic created by someone, yeah. it wasn't going to make that much of a difference on the game. Listen, it's hard to do. There's a lot of managers in the game that cannot read the game. They can't read the balance of the game. They can't, they don't know when to change it. Some managers have their minutes on their notebook when they're going to change players before the game's even kicked off, which I really don't get unless they're coming back from injury and you've been asked to do that from the medical team. Um, I think it was, um, Watching it from here, the comfort of my sofa, <laughs> I think it was a game that needed changing a little bit earlier because when you look at the game, we were doing ever so well. We, we still had the energy. We were doing well, but we just weren't getting those creative moments in, you know, decision making in the final third. You can tell somebody when they're coming on, listen, you can see that you're watching the game. You know, she needed to cross that in there a little bit earlier. Look at the back mm. post. That's always free. Um, And you have to trust your players to go in and do that or, you know, where the goalkeeper goes down and gets injured when you bring your team in. We we didn't see that. We haven't seen any of that from, from. There was, there there was one point where Courtney did it today. Well, not where she was receiving treatment, but there was one moment where she went down and received treatment for a couple of minutes and the team went over to Vera for instructions. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Well, there are times when you, you, you bring them in and you change it. And I, I thought around the, the 75th minute was the time to do that. Even the 70th minute. Um, you know, I don't think we were going to beat them 2-0 at that stage, but just to try and push for that goal, just for our sakes, watching is something mm. to cheer about. Yeah, it would have been good. It was so weird, like when the final whistle went, because the other two games, you just felt a little bit flattened by it. And then this one, it was hard to know how to feel, especially with it being the last game. And there was a nice moment whenever the um, PA system announced that Courtney had won player of the match. And at that stage, the team were already in their like post-match huddle and having 
the words with Vera and with Katie and all the players just started like jumping on top of her and spraying her with water. And it was nice having that moment for anyone who was still in the stadium, but obviously would have rather have had it on the pitch <laughs> in the form of a goal or something because uh, sadly player of the match awards do not win us points on a table. Um, in terms of Courtney getting that award now and kind of finishing off her tournament from like a goalkeeper's point of view how would you have like looked at her today and also in the tournament in general she's been absolutely brilliant for Ireland she hasn't put a foot wrong she's done really well starting positions been excellent which maybe people don't see that but those times where she's sweeping at the back is a massive massive advantage because that's why we can play the three at the back that's why we can play a high line um, when we play a high line is because Courtney <laughs> starts a little bit higher and she's very good at reading that ball which for me is probably one of the best parts of her game um she's done really well coming collecting balls she did it today again um yeah and then just obviously that reaction save was brilliant a little bit of look on her side which is you know they say goalkeepers create their own look which I agree with as well um <laughs> but I just think she's been brilliant she's been brilliant for at least a year now and you know I she needs to be settled in a club where she's going to play. And I think that can be any club at this stage because, you know, if I were a manager, I'd sign her 100%. She's so steady and I think she's only going to get even better. So, yeah, great, great asset to have for us, for sure. Well, in that point, it is kind of interesting because the World Cup would have been a great opportunity for her, I suppose, to showcase herself on a global stage, as a lot of players do. She signed that contract extension just before she left to go to the World Cup. And Vera had said that she wanted most of the players, if possible, to have their contracts sorted before then. But then Emily Ramsey also completed a transfer to Everton and she did start quite a lot ahead of Courtney last season. So it's kind of, it's one of those ones you're like, uh, should she have left it until after the tournament and just said to Everton, like, look, Courtney? Absolutely. She's, she's probably too modest. And, you know, she needed, for me, if I was, if I were at the club and somebody was getting their game over me for no reason, apart from they just think she's first choice keeper. That's when I'm like, get me another club. I'm out. I've done everything I can. I've performed well for Ireland. I feel like I'm a better goalkeeper. Maybe she doesn't think that, but she should. Um I'd be looking for another club somewhere that the manager has faith in me because you're right. Ramsey has been chosen over. Ramsey would be number one goalkeeper as far as I'm concerned. Um, And it's very difficult to change that. And there's no way she would have signed for Everton if she hasn't been, if she's not confident she's going to play as in Mm. Ramsey, she wouldn't have signed, especially if she knows Courtney Brosnan has already signed. It's different, different for Courtney. She didn't know um, another goalkeeper was going to sign. So, okay, let's sign this. Fine. And do my best type of thing. Um, but if I'm a keeper going into a club, I know that another keeper is signed. I'm confident I'm going to play if I'm mm. going to sign. Yeah. So, yeah. It's difficult unless she goes out on loan. Yeah. You would feel like it's unlikely considering that the rest, whoever else they have there is definitely not of the standard of Courtney and why go out on loan when you could probably be a starting keeper somewhere else. But maybe she has this all figured out. I mean, time will tell. I got a message into one of my 
WhatsApp groups this evening that Man City went back into pre-season training today for all the team or players that aren't at the World Cup. So their result season is not that far away <laughs> with that already happening. No, they're back. They're, they're back in training. They, they've been back in training. Man City might have started today. Arsenal were back before with, in, with the injuries, injured players coming in. Brighton are starting next week. So yeah, it's all kicking off already. So there's the holidays. No more yeah, holidays. Just, <laughs> just in case any of you at home thought that you could uh, relax or, you know, take a bit of time off from football, do not worry. There's plenty of it still to come and it's all happening very fast. Another one that I wanted to mention today was, I think this is the only time I've seen it during the World Cup, but Nifahi, when she was coming off for Diane Caldwell coming on those last couple of minutes, which, not to be harsh, did feel a little bit like a a World Cup appearance sort of appearance, but um, there was a standing ovation, and I kind of tweeted about it at the time. I was like, which you could look at it as a standing ovation for Neve coming off or Diane coming on and both players just being massively respected. Um, But I suppose looking at both of them as stalwarts of this team, how, how would you reflect on that as like the crowd reaction to those players? Yeah, I mean, well, as you said, both of those players are, are have been there since day one, as far as I'm concerned. My, in my career, they've been there since day <laughs> one. Um, I thought Neve had a great game, so I wouldn't be surprised if it were for Neve. She was, you know, in... I think she had a great tournament, to be quite honest, considering she's just come back from injury. Mm, um, and I think she, all that she got better and better as the tournament went on. And today's performance, I think, just basically was the cherry on top. I thought she was absolutely excellent. So I wouldn't have been surprised if it were for Nifai because I think she definitely deserved it. But then, as you say, um, to bring Diane Caldwell on, uh, I don't know if she said it, but it has to be her last... World mm. Cup, like, <laughs> am I saying <laughs> something here that's really going to be offensive? I yeah. mean, whenever she's been asked, she's been like, oh, yeah, you never know. But, like, I think the general consensus is that, yeah, it's, it's I, I don't want to retire her, but um, generally I think it's going to be her last World Cup. So it was great to see her get on. And I know it was just for the appearance, but there's nothing wrong with that. She can say she actually played in a World Cup, which is something that I'll never get to do. <laughs> um, and many nobody will get to do from my generation and previous. So, yeah, it's um, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And you never know, Emma. You could be there on the bench one time leading us to a World Cup. There's still time yet. <laughs> Listen, if I'm on the bench, I'm going on the pitch. I don't care what anyone says. I'm just like, put me on there. Even if my knees don't bend anymore, I'm going on. Suddenly there's a penalty call and Emma's just like, send me on. I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, I definitely would fill up, fill out the goal a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like chatting to a couple of the players tonight after the game, definitely a different vibe to them. I mean, like Denise in particular is one who sticks out. She was devastated after the Canada game and she said she was upset and disappointed today as well. But you could even see chatting to her. She had like a little bit more of a life to her a little bit more of excitement and obviously felt like she said herself that she thought that was the best game she'd played all tournament and that she really hadn't got into the swing of things which I thought was like very honest from her this soon afterwards I think a lot of people would have said it that we haven't seen the best of her this tournament in the way that we could have so like 
when you've gone through like such a hype, like for those players, what do you do now to kind of take yourself down? Oh, they'll have the homecoming in Dublin on Thursday. I think that's set for like six or seven or something. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but if you're around Dublin, keep that evening free. Um, But then, I mean, some of the players have like a week off and then they're going back into like NWSL season. But like, you know, Denise will probably be one of those players. And then other players were straight into preseason. Other will have a little bit of time off. How do you process this and deal with the kind of massiveness of it all and having such a little time to process? I did think, who was it? It was Nifahi saying it that they all, Lucy Quinn said that she's going to start talking to herself. She got so used to having like, 20 odd people around for two months where that she, there was always someone there that she was just going to start talking to herself in the mirror because she wouldn't know how to adjust. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's football, isn't it? Like, it, this is what happens. You go from one game to the next. And yeah, of course, playing in a World Cup is obviously a much bigger stage than your first WSL game. But at the same time, the football match, you're always thinking about the next goal, the next target, the next game, whatever it is. Um, Obviously, they're going to have a little bit of time to reflect. Um, They won't get any holidays, though, I don't think, which which is a shame because I think they kind of need it after that, to be honest. But yeah, it's Mm. it's about being in each other's company for so long and and they'll definitely miss that. I remember coming back from camps where we might have had to play two or maybe even three European games. So we might have been together for like something silly, like 20, 20 days. And when you do come back off it, you really miss each other. And there's something about the Irish as well. There's nobody like us, even if you're going back to your club and you have one or two Irish girls. There's nobody like the Irish in a group and a team sense. Like they're so we're so together. We're so we're such good fun, basically, mm. <laughs> um, that it's difficult to get back into the swing of another group's way you know like but um yeah well it won't take them that long really there's a few girls on there that need to find a club I think they're going to be worried about that there's there's bigger things that they need to consider now and it's time to Mm -hmm. look at that realistic problem now that the world cup's over yeah well a player we talked about like already at the start of the show like Rusha I think a lot of people with the way her season had ended probably would have questioned you know was she kind of bowing out a little bit slowly and then we'll play this and it'll be her big swan song and then go off but judging by how she has played in this tournament I don't think that's at the front of her mind at all no today today whatever about the two other games it's difficult because you're asking your midfielders to be defensive you've got Rusha Denise um you know Rusha Denise who else have we got in there in midfield um Shiva Farley uh, you're, they're not defensive players. So mm. you're not going to see the best of them. That's so frustrating as a player. That's why you've seen a completely static um, Denise O'Sullivan because she's had that freedom to actually play how she's supposed to play, how she plays week in, week out with her club. So she's just had that freedom. It's like a big weight off her shoulders. So you're asking your midfield to be defensive when they're not defensive players. So just to give them that freedom, obviously you're going to see the best of them. And you've seen the best of Denise today and Rusha. So I think today's game, any club managers looking at today's game would definitely think twice about getting Rusha Littlejohn on the books. And I think they should because she's fit, she looks good and she's a playmaker. So, you know, difficult to find. 
No, she has definitely played with a, a fire in her belly over the last couple of games and given her all very, very much. I mean, that, that was one of the positions going into this tournament where we thought maybe it could be Lily Ag stepping into it, but I think she has well and truly claimed it throughout the entire tournament. Um, So for this team now, it's all over in terms of this World Cup, but plenty of lessons to take into the next qualifying campaign what do you think should be like the overall I suppose reflection on this tournament and now like in a in this direct moment and then I will ask you again in like a week's time and we've had some time to sleep on it and kind of you know think the on it thing is we can play in a three at the back it is possible so I don't ever want to talk about that five at the back unless we're playing against a going to say Spain but they look pretty dodgy at the moment so unless we're playing against a France or you know really USA a team that we literally mm-hmm. literally are trying to keep at bay but we can play a three at the back we can play higher up the pitch when we're confident and given that freedom we might take a couple of hits at the start but we will grow into it and it's the best way to to, to give our best players Uh, that limelight and to build around them because that's what everyone does. Everyone takes their best players and they build the teams around them. And and we have Kate McCabe, we have Denise O'Sullivan, definitely should be building around them. And Kira Caruso for me is one of the best players to hold up the ball. So Mm. it's, it's all about just finding out what's the best way for us to play, which I think we finished today doing that and, and perfecting that and getting that right and playing like that and, telling our players this is how we're going to play get used to it get comfortable with it and and that's it really I thought Heather Payne is a great addition to that right side as well so much energy mm. yeah I thought she had a really good game today and there's actually some interviews coming with her on off the ball over the next few, few days so keep an eye on that some interesting stuff in them about her future because again another person who is looking for a club now that she's finished up her collegiate career I know Denise Sullivan was trying to get her to join North Carolina, but we might get to see her a bit more over the side of the water, which would be fun too. Emma, thank you very, very much once again. I hope you have an excellent rest of your day. I have no idea what time it is over there. It's like past midnight here and that's it's all I know. It's 24 and I've been awake since four o'clock this morning, so I am pretty exhausted too. I was yes. in the, the Japan-Spain game. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because obviously you are a resident Spanish expert. What happened? <laughs> oh my God, what a game. I mean, it was nearly as good as Colombia um, winning yesterday, but it was just incredible. What a game. It's a coach's game. It, mm. Any coach would just really appreciate that game, how Japan set up. They set up in blocks and it was the best defensive display I've ever seen, ever seen from any team, from any team. Wow. And just the counter-attack. They had four chances on goal, four goals. Like, talk I about mean, efficient. Yeah. We, no. We uh, need to learn something from are efficient, They're tidy, <laughs> just the personality. The, the game was the Japanese personality. Efficient, very neat, very tidy. Thank you. Results, goodbye. Brilliant. Yeah. It was something to behold. I didn't know quite what was going on. I was watching with a couple of people around me and everyone was like, we're all seeing this, right? So I'm not just hallucinating for this, but it was a very, very impressive performance. 
And of course, just because Ireland are out, that doesn't mean that the Koi Gig crew are out. We will be continuing to bring you updates on the rest of the World Cup, same as we did with the Euros last year, because we don't want the party to end now. There's no point in it. And um, please do get any thoughts that you have into us on at the Koi Gig Pod on Twitter, whether it's about the game today or about Ireland's tournament so far. Even just let us know how you watched it. Let us know how you enjoyed it. We want to try and live out this experience for as long as we can. Uh, the Koi Gig Pod and Note to Be is brought to you by Cabri, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you to everyone as well who came up to me out here in Australia and said that they really enjoy listening to the podcast. It does mean a lot. And we always love hearing that uh, we're not talking complete rubbish and people are enjoying. So thank you for listening. Um, we will be back in a couple of days with our general preview for the knockout stages. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.